day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. We want to give God praise for this beautiful day. Bless the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We bless your name. We praise your name. We worship you, Lord. You are worthy of praises. You are worthy of glory. You are worthy of honor. There is none beside you. There is none like unto you, God. You are the awesome one, the everlasting one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We bless your holy name. Lord, we invite you to be with us today in a special way. We ask that on this very special day when we celebrate mothers, that you will be with mothers everywhere, God. And remember those who have lost their moms, that you would strengthen and comfort. And Lord, that you'd be near them today in a special way. May they have fond memories and May those memories comfort them and cheer them. Lord, we give you thanks for who you are. Thank you for a new day. Thank you that we are alive and well. Thank you, God, that we are able to praise you this morning from the land of the living. We bless your holy name. We thank you that the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Lord, even this morning as we are here in your house to worship you and others will join us from wherever they are, God, and wherever they are, as two or three are gathered together, there you are in the midst with them. We thank you for this privilege. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. Be glorified, Lord. Be exalted and be lifted up today. May you receive all the honor and the praise and the glory. Because you're so worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you this morning and glad that you've joined us here at Living Word Open Bible as we have our very special service this morning, all geared around mom and to celebrate our mothers. And uh, we want you to be able to get ready to join us with that. If your mom is not with you, maybe you want to ask her to tune in and, uh, and be a part of it so that she can be blessed as well as we honor mothers today in a very special way. So join with us as we begin our worship. I want to welcome our worship team that's coming this morning and to give God praise. So welcome them with me, Sister Lewin and Sister Shale, as they come. God bless. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You are appreciated you are seen and we thank god for you amen hallelujah, hallelujah. ready to worship thank you he jesus indeed, and he alone is worthy hallelujah. of our praise and thank adoration you, yes. and we thank him for this day hallelujah. hallelujah join us as we give him our best worship this thank morning you, hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord Thank you. 
Give life. 
Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers watching us. Whether you're from the LWOBC family or you're joining from different countries of the world, we want to wish you Happy Mother's Day today. A blessed day to all of you. And would you join me in prayer right now as we approach the throne of grace and we talk to our Father. Amen. Let's just bar our hearts wherever you are in virtual church this morning. And let's just lay our petitions before the Lord. And I know moms carry a lot of weight, the burden of the family so often. But today, Jesus challenges you and he offers you this opportunity. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I know you've been laboring at home. Many of you are staying at home working and taking care of the family. He says, I will give you rest. Today is a day to do that. Would you join with me? Whatever burden you're carrying, let's bow our heads and let's talk to our Father. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. We give you thanks and praise that we can come boldly to the throne of grace where we, even as moms, we can find help for our need. This morning, oh God, we thank you for sustaining us, for grace in adjusting in a new way of living. You have kept us, oh God. We give you praise. And so we lift up mothers everywhere today. I lift up mothers who have lost hope. Many have prodigal children and their hearts are broken this morning. I pray for comfort. I pray that hope would be renewed and they would trust you because you are able to bring every prodigal home. So I pray before the day's done that joy would be uh, re rehashed in many mothers' hearts as prodigals will call home. I pray that many sons and daughters will call upon the name of the Lord this morning and they'll remember the hope and the nurturing of their mothers and they would make confession of faith. They would repent of their sins and return and bring joy to the hearts of mothers. I pray for mothers who are grieving. Some have lost their children. Lord, even in this COVID crisis, so today is not a happy day for them. But in spite of that, I pray it will be a peaceful day. I pray joyful memories would come to their heart. And I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would comfort and strengthen and renew and release grace on every hurting heart. I pray for mothers who are at the end of their rope. You are their strength. When there is no other, you are their hope. I pray that you'd lift them up, Lord, that they would be buoyant. They would not fail under the strain of this new way of living, but you would breathe grace and peace in troubled hearts today. I pray for single mothers especially who bear the whole brunt. There's no one to share it with but Jesus. Would you speak words of peace into their hearts today? And Lord, I pray for mothers who are not well. There are mothers, Lord, who are weary. There some are sick. Some are isolated because their children cannot visit. Jesus, Jesus, I thank you that your presence is everywhere. And I pray you'd fill their space with your presence. I also lift up today those who have never given birth, but they have mothered so many that you'd minister to their hearts today. Would you bless those mothers in Israel, mothers who have stood in the gap for children and young adults and adults, and they've prayed and wept 
They have counseled and nurtured and encouraged. Would you bless them today? And Father, we just pray for people everywhere. We pray especially for our nation as we go in this new transition. We ask you for mercy. We ask you for grace in our impatience. We ask you, Lord, for help in our time of need with this COVID crisis. Lord, we are praying for a miracle for all things are possible with God. And it, yes, men may say one thing, but you have the last word. So we are praying for mercy, the mercy and the grace of God, that you would intervene in our affairs, that you would help us and you would give wisdom and insight to those who make decisions and those who come up with solutions. God, we're asking that you'd speak, you'd raise up your Joseph, you'd raise up your Daniel, you'd raise up your Esther, oh God. And we're praying for help. We need your help in our country, in our state, in our county, and in our cities, oh God. We need your help in the nations of the world, for the nations have abandoned you, oh God. But we thank you for your mercy, which is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So in your mercy, may you look upon the nations this morning. May you send help. Sovereign Lord, you rule in the affairs of men. May you change things around. And may your name be praised and lifted up in every nation. Because only you could work the miracle that will happen. We give you thanks. We ask you, O oh Lord, to touch your men's servant today who brings the word. We know you have sent a word. May your anointing be rich and powerful. May the anointing break yoke. We pray, O oh Lord, for men. We have prayed for the mothers, but we pray for men. Fathers, some have lost their jobs. Oh, women who have lost their jobs. Men who have lost their jobs. They're not necessarily fathers. We ask you to intervene. And God, we pray for those who are sick with the COVID and those who provide care, that you minister to them and protect and heal and deliver and supply every need. So Lord, for those who are in the retail business and their first um, liners and they're exposed, we pray for help in the food chain and in different aspects of our lives. We ask you to send help. We commit this day to you. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor because you deserve it regardless of what is happening. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. Special blessings we pray on the Living Word family and all who are watching us, God. We just thank you for hearing and answering our prayers as we ask believing in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen and amen. God bless you and to all the graduates who graduated virtually. Miss Lloyd, we saw you. God bless you all. We love you. Have a great day. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give the Lord thanks for his goodness, his faithfulness. We want to continue to worship him this morning and to recognize him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise God. Well, this is Mother's Day, and uh, we want to celebrate moms all around the world, to celebrate moms everywhere. And maybe your mom is not alive, but you have fond memories. I want you for a moment, I want you today to take a moment and think back of a pleasant memory that you can recall right now and focus on that.
I know some moms have lost some have lost their moms in the COVID in, in the pandemic, and because of that, you are you're you're saddened. And I understand this is your first Mother's Day without your mom. May the Lord comfort you and strengthen you and be there with you. But I want to ask you as well to think of a pleasant memory right now. And, and that memory will cheer you. That memory will encourage you during this time on this Mother's Day. And we give God thanks for every single mom. You know, did you know that the idea of Mother's Day was born in a small Methodist church in Crafton, West Virginia? Actually, that's where it was. In 1876, the nation was still mourning the, the dead from the Civil War. And while teaching a Memorial Day lesson, Miss Anna Reeves Jarvis thought of mothers who had lost their sons. And she prayed that one day there would be a Memorial Day for those mothers. And the prayer made a deep impression on one of her children. And young Anna had seen her mother's effort to hold the war-split community and the church together. And as she grew up into adulthood, the young woman kept that prayer of her mother in her heart. And one day on her mother's death, Anna thought, and she was determined, that she was going to establish a Mother's Day in her mother's honor. Well, guess what? That word spread, and on May 12, 1907, a local observance was held, which later spread to Philadelphia. And by 1910, Mother's Day was celebrated in 45 states, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Canada, Mexico. And the elated Miss Jarvis told a friend, where it will end must be left for the future to tell that it will circle the globe now seems certain. And on May 8, 1914, President Wilson designated the second Sunday of May as Mother's Day for displaying the American flag and for the public expression of love and reverence for mothers of our country. So that's how we got Mother's Day. That's how it started. So it's a wonderful thing that we are celebrating moms today because they're so special. And so I've sought and broken the service into two segments today because I really want to take the time to honor moms today. And uh, we're going to focus a lot more on that today. So I want to first start with a, a lighthearted thing about, you know, regarding mothers. And one summer evening, uh, there was a violent storm. And uh, a mother was tucking her little child into bed. And the little child didn't want to stay by themselves. They were nervous and because of the lightning storm. He said, Mom, can I sleep with you tonight? And the mother gave him a very reassuring hug and says, uh, no, son, I'm sorry, I have to sleep with Daddy. And after a silence, she could hear him say, such a big sissy. <laughs> you know, so she wanted, he wanted to be with his mom. And then, you know, children are amazing. Uh, the way things that they pick up that we don't understand that they're picking up at a young age. And uh, some things they don't understand to relate. So, so here is the six-year-old, Johnny, and his four-year-old, Sister Susie, and they presented their mom on Mother's Day with a present. It was a small little plant. And while it wasn't the finest looking specimen that they bought 
they bought it with their own money, and their mom was thrilled. And she hugged them and kissed them and, and told them that she loved them for thinking of her. But Johnny said, Mom, we're disappointed because there were some flowers that we wanted to buy you, Mom, but we didn't have enough money. Yeah, said Susie. They had a real nice bunch of flowers at the shop that we were going to buy. But I love this plant, the mother said happily. I know, Mom, but these flowers would have been perfect for you. There were a wreath and it had a ribbon that said, rest in peace. And you know, Mom, you're always asking us for a little peace so you can rest. <laughs> Isn't that kids amazing? Kids find all kinds of ways in which to express what they are gathering for what we're saying. And uh, we got to be careful what you say and how you say things because they interpret it in a different way. And so to moms everywhere, uh, we want to shout you out today and say happy and blessed Mother's Day. You know, it's, if, if you are able today to be with your mom, I think you want to try to do that. Here, here's a story of a, a man stopped by a flower shop in order to order some flowers to be wired to his mother who lived 200 miles away. And as he got out of his car, he noticed a young girl sitting on the curb sobbing. And he asked her, what's wrong? She replied, I wanted to buy a rose for my mother, but I have only 75 cents, and the rose costs $2. The man smiled and says, come on with me. I'll buy you a rose. He bought the little girl her rose and ordered his mother's flowers. And as they were leaving, he offered the little girl a ride home. And she said, yes, please, you can take me to my mother. So she directed him to a cemetery where she placed the rose in a freshly dug grave. You know what the man did? He got back in his car. He returned to the flower shop. He canceled the wire order. He bought a bouquet of flowers and he drove 200 miles to be with his mother. He realized, I better make time with my mom while I can because then that little girl taught him. So if you can make time with your mom today, I want to encourage you to do that, if it's possible. Moms are amazing people. And, uh, you know, there's a little acrostic someone wrote, and I sort of modified a bit uh, regarding mothers. And, uh, you know, M is for the million things she does. Have you ever thought about how many things your mother do for you? And uh, some of you she continues to do, even though you are grown. Uh, <laughs> Mom does a million things. You know, a teacher gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet and what it does. And the next day is a written test. And she included in the, uh, one of the questions in the test was, my name is six letters. The first is M and I pick up things. Who am I? I got to tell you, almost all the papers came in and they said, the word is mother. It wasn't magnet. <laughs> Even though the teacher taught them a magnet that picked up stuff, but they know around the home who's picking up stuff most of the time. It is really mom. You know, Proverbs 31 talks about she selects wool and flax and works with her eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. 
She gets up while it is still dark, and she provides food for her family and portion for her servant. You remember when your mom used to get up very early and uh, take care of stuff, and when you're awake, sometimes breakfast is ready, and you know she's been up early taking care of things. That's mom. She, they do a million things. And then guess what? We, she gets up before us, and she goes to bed after us. Uh, amazing persons they are, mom. So Emmy said a million things she does. Oh, is that only that she's growing old? And, uh, you know, when children are, when we're at different ages, we think about our parents in a different way. So let me take you through a journey of the different ages and how we sort of look at our parents. At age four, we think my parents can do anything. By age eight, there might be one or two things they don't know. At age 12, naturally my parents don't understand. At age 14, I never realized how hopelessly old-fashioned they are. At age 21, you'd expect them to feel that way. They're out of date. At age 25, we say, they come up with a good idea now and then. At age 30, I wonder what mom and dad would think I should do. At age 40, let's be patient until we discuss it with our parents. At age 50, what would mom or dad have thought about? And at age 60, I wish I could talk it over with them one more time. Isn't it amazing how we go through those cycles? And uh, starting out with how great they are, and in the middle, thinking that we are the best and we know more and we know better, and then we actually come back to end up with really how, how great they are. So, and then, so there's a letter T. T is for the tears that she shed for you. I know many of us could identify with that and recognize how moms have shed a lot of tears for us in different ways, for different reasons, at different occasions, praying at times for us. Augustine, the great theologian, he credits his mother Monica for leading him to Christ. He was a notorious sinner and this is what he says about his mother after becoming a Christian in his book, Confessions. He says, he writes, and I quote, You, God, drew us my soul out of that profound darkness. My mother, thy faithful one, weeping to thee for me, more than mothers weep the bodily deaths of their children. For she, by that faith and spirit which she had formed, which she had from thee, discerned the death wherein I lay, and thou heardest her, O Lord, thou heardest her, and despise it not for tears. When streaming down, they watered the ground under her eyes in every place where she prayed. Yea, thou heardest her. Oh yes, he does hear our mother's prayers. Indeed, and we are the recipients today, many of us, of all that's happening in our lives because of the mom. And then H is for a heart of purest gold. A heart of purest gold. Do you ever consider uh, the contribution our moms make to our lives and all that they do for us, even when we are not the best? They still 
treat us in a way that is so different. Their love never wanes, never fades for us. They may discipline us, but still, they are true as gold, hearts of gold. And then I, E is for eyes. I don't know about you, but I remember that my mother seemed to have eyes in the back of her head. Anybody remember that? Anybody could identify with that? They could say something to you, don't do that. And they're not looking at you, they're looking in the other direction. But for some reason, they figure out what you're doing behind them. Uh, mothers seem to have eyes in the back of their heads. And uh, it's an ama they're amazing people. And uh, so we have to remember them and be treating them well. Amen? And on memories of those who have passed. And then the letter R. R is for right. Right they always are. Yep. Right they always are. We don't think so many times. But they're right. Philip Yancey tells about an African safari he was on where he saw a mama giraffe taking care of her little offspring. Shortly after the little offspring was born, the mother went over and kicked the little offspring. And it looked like she was hurting her baby. Then she kicked it again. And each time the little giraffe would wobble in its legs and try to walk, and she continued kicking him. And finally, he got up pretty rapidly and ran away from her kicks. And Phil turned to his guide and says, why does the mother giraffe do that? And the guide answered, the only defense that the giraffe has is its ability to get up quickly and run from its predator. If it can't do that, it will soon die. And so Yancey said that it looked like while it was a cruel thing, it was really the most loving thing that the mother was doing for her offspring. Sometimes discipline is the same way. When our mothers disciplined us, but they're, they're right. And so it may not look as to us, and sometimes as teenagers, we can recall, and you are, some of you are teenagers, you, you are stubborn. You don't want to listen. And you, you don't want to listen to what your mom's saying. But I want to tell you, encourage you, listen to mom. She's right. Someone wrote a poem about mother, and it, I want to read it for you this morning. It says, it takes a mother's love to make a house a home. A place to be remembered no matter where we roam. It takes a mother's patience to bring a child upright and her courage and her cheerfulness to make a dark day bright. It takes a mother's thoughtfulness to mend the heart's deep hurts and her skill and her endurance to mend little socks and skirts. It takes a mother's kindness to forgive us when we err to sympathize in trouble and bow our head in prayer. It takes a mother's wisdom to recognize our needs and to give us reassurance by her loving words and deeds. It takes a mother's endless faith, her confidence and trust to guide us through the pitfalls of selfishness and lust. 
And that is why in all this world, there could not be another who could fulfill God's purpose as completely as a mother. Why don't we give mothers a big hand this morning? Let's just cheer mothers along everywhere. Let's give welcome mothers everywhere. Praise God. Let's cheer mothers and let them know, praise God, that they are wonderful. Mothers are awesome. And we appreciate mothers everywhere. Well, we got some mothers watching us. Uh, we have people watching us that want to hail Gloria from Taiwan. Welcome, Gloria. Good to have you. Uh, Canada, we want to welcome the mother. Good, happy Mother's Day, Caroline. And Carlos, that's over there. And in Jamaica, Joan, happy Mother's Day. In New York, Jennifer, good to see you. And those of you that are here, those in Nevis and kids watching us, Praise God. I pray that wherever you are, and this is Mother's Day, may you have a real blessed day. And like I said, I want you today to remember a pleasant memory with your mother. No matter whether she's gone or she's alive, remember a pleasant memory and focus on that memory today. That's a memory that's going to help you and to appreciate mom more than ever before. Well, here's a mother's prayer that reflects how unselfish she is. And I want to pray this prayer on behalf of all of us. I want to pray this prayer that represents all of us if we could pray for our moms. This is a mom is praying. And uh, it's a very special prayer that a mother prays. And it reflects to us the unselfishness of mothers. Because in this prayer, I hope you will notice something. I'm going to let you judge. And then at the end of the prayer, I'm going to ask you if you did notice this. It says, please let me keep going, Lord, from dawn to setting sun, till I'm no longer needed and all my work is done. Please let me be around to see my little ones grow strong and keep my shoulder handy for their tears when things go wrong. Please let me make our home a place they're happy to be in and help me by example to keep them free from sin. For not until they're all prepared to face life's rocky road does any mother dare to drop her burden, and her load. It's only then that she can feel she's truly earned her rest. As thankfully she whispers, Lord, I've done my very best. You know what I noticed about it? I don't know if you noticed that. She really didn't pray for herself or herself. She never asked for anything that would benefit her Everything she prayed for was so that she could be a benefit to somebody else. What an awesome thing. That's mothers. They're unusual. They are special people. And I want to tell you, they deserve another round of applause. Come on, let's put, we, we're, gonna, we're celebrating moms today. They are special and they are precious. And I don't want us to miss out on not taking time to say thank you and to celebrate them. You know, somebody said a mother is she who can take the place of all others 
but whose place no one else can take. Did you hear that? She can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. It was Abraham Lincoln, President Lincoln, who said, All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. You know, someone says, automation is a process that gets all the work done while you just sit there. When you were younger, this process was called mother. And for some of you, it's not just when you're younger. It's probably still the same today. You know, 600 students at a university were asked to write on a piece of paper the most beautiful word in the English language. 600. 422 wrote the word mother. And 112, thinking of mother, wrote the word home. My goodness. It, it is amazing. I mean, mothers really are very special to all of us. Happy Mother's Day to every single mother. Mark Twain says, it is at our mother's knee that we acquire noblest and truest and highest ideals. It is indeed true. You know, we give God thanks to Christian mothers who prayed for us. Grandmothers who prayed for us. It made all the difference in the world. And then there is a prayer that we can pray for mothers. And now I want to represent you and I. I want to represent you especially. As, we, as I say this prayer, as we would pray for mothers. Our Father in heaven, whose love is divine, thanks for the love of a mother like mine. And in thy great mercy, look down from above and grant this dear mother the gift of your love. And all through the year, whatever betide, assure her each day that you are beside her. And Father in heaven, show me the way to lighten her task and brighten her day. And bless her dear heart with the insight to see that her love means more than the world to me. Amen. They're special people. Well, we want to celebrate a special mom today. And uh, I, I, I have instructions here that I've been given. And so I'm going to ask Reverend Diary Francis to come as we want to recognize you as a special mom today. And uh, if you will come. And uh, I have some instructions here from different ones to make this presentation. Um, and <laughs> she's wearing a mask. <laughs> she sent in the message. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sent in a message. Well, this is from the Men of Vision Department, and uh, they wanted to say thank you for being a great mom, a spiritual mom for the church and for men, for encouraging them, for speaking up, for talking, calling, praying, and all the wonderful things you do. So they asked me to present this to you 
and a happy and blessed Mother's Day on their behalf. Thank you so much. I know you can hear me. And I'm so glad I got to come here because I saw my daughter-in-law. She's the mother of my granddaughter. And she tuned in all the way from California. So Andrea, good to see you. And Joan Baker, my friend from Miami. God bless you. All right, don't go because I, this one is from the church, the, the church body of Living Word Open Bible right here. And uh, they want to thank you as well for being a spiritual mom to them and being there in prayer and caring and sharing and encouraging. And uh, they want to wish you a very special and blessed Happy Mother's Day. So on behalf of the entire congregation of Living Word Open Bible Church, here you are. God bless you. Happy Thank Mother's you, Day. LWBC family, all the ladies, the men. God bless you. I appreciate you. I love you so much. I hope you get some rest today, but I doubt it because you may have to cook. So God bless you. I'm cooking too. We love oh. you. <laughs> he tried. He tried, <laughs> but I'd rather enjoy my own cooking. <laughs> she wanted to enjoy the meal, so she didn't want me to so cook. So don't feel bad if you have to cook. Just do it and enjoy <laughs> it. I love you guys. All right, bless you. Thank you. you. Happy Mother's Day. I'm love keeping you. my social distance from you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. God bless you guys. We want to congrats to some new mothers. Um, Sister Tracy and Sister Monique, they have been both, uh, both gave birth. So I want to shout them out. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. This is your first Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you both. We're so glad that you both are doing well and the babies are doing well. I saw at least a picture of Sister Tracy's daughter, uh, and wow, Amelia, Amelia, sorry, Amelia, uh, beautiful big baby, so maybe Monique, you'll send us a picture too, all right, <laughs> praise God. Well, it's, I uh, just want to make a couple announcements quickly before, and then I will make some more at the end. I want to remind you that uh, we have a webinar coming up, you know, they are making some predictions that we, we hope will never come to pass. But they're making some predictions about the, the, the effects of the stress that COVID-19 is having and will have on the population. And uh, we're praying that this is not so. But, but the predictions are not, per, are not pretty. I mean, some people have made predictions of an extra 75,000 people will die because of suicide and other things alcoholism and other related things because of the stress being created by COVID-19. And so we want to do something about that. And one of the things that we are trying to do is to help in that area. And because of that, we're putting on a webinar uh, next Saturday or this coming Saturday, webinar May 16th at 6 p.m. It's going to go Facebook Live. We're going to have two mental health counselors that will be there to uh, guide and give some tips and ideas for how to handle the stress. And maybe you need it, or maybe you know somebody who needs it. And you want to tune in on this Saturday at 6 p.m. Facebook Live. You go face, it'll be Facebook Live beginning at 6 p.m. this Saturday. And we're going to also deal with some finances as well. So we're talking, the theme is coping with COVID-19 mentally and Financially, I know some of you financially are wondering, what do I do with uh, my, my 401k has dropped significantly? 
What do I do now? How do I manage my finances in the midst of this crisis? What are some of the steps that I need to take? And uh, that, those are some of the questions and things that will be dealt with financially as well. So we're going to be handling both the, the, the health aspect and the finance aspect in this webinar. And uh, it, it's a Zoom webinar that we have actually put, that we're going to actually make it come live on Facebook so that you out there can also benefit. So if you have some friends that you need to tune in and you want to get them uh, ready for that, uh, create a watch party somewhere and uh, tune into those things. Well, if you've been checking our, 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 our sites, you've been noticing that we've been adding different things. Uh, our, our message will be on YouTube this morning. And also we're Instagram and Facebook, so we're increasing the number of, of social media that we're using. And uh, we're out there, and you can go back and replay or tell others about the message that we have each time. Our Bible studies are on Tuesday at 7 p.m., as you're aware, and certainly um, we do have in the midweek uh, all the various things for the young people. On Wednesdays, uh, they have their Awana, and then on, of course, on Thursdays is the youth, and on Friday we have our prayer. All right, I think that's the segment number one where I focus a lot on uh, recognizing and celebrating and appreciating moms. And then I want to turn to the word this morning that's going to be, uh, again, in a sense, related, obviously, to mothers. I want to turn in the Bible to Exodus chapter 1, Exodus chapter 1, and I want to read for you from verse 1. Uh, it says, Now these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, all those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons, but Joseph was in Egypt already. And Joseph died, all his brothers and all that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they also join the enemies and fight against us and so go out, up, out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pathon, Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. In mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the land. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was Zifra, And the name of the other, Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife or the Hebrew woman and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, then, you shall, you shall, they, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, 
Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwife said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. For they are very lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dwelt with the midwives. He dwelt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. And then I want to go over to chapter 2 and just read a couple of verses from chapter 2. Because I want you to catch the whole essence of the story in the background. Beginning at verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse from, for you from the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Here in God's word, let's pray. Father, we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them. And literal medicine unto all flesh. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be with us now as we share this word that the spirit of god would take the word and let it come alive that we'll be able to apply it to our lives and especially for mothers today we pray god for every mother that is listening and every mother that will watch this broadcast we ask your blessing upon them today may you surround them may they know that you're right there with them may they sense your very presence right now holy spirit as we continue our celebration of mothers and looking at this mother may you help us in Jesus name we pray and all God's people say amen now the word you know Pharaoh is a title for the kings at that time and history tells us that the Pharaoh at the time of this writing that, uh, that I just read his name was Ramesses the second also known as Ramesses the Great. Now Ramesses was one of the greatest of all the Egyptians, Pharaoh. In fact, he ruled 
on his throne from the age of 20. And he lived for, he ruled and reigned for 66 years. The length of his reign was unprecedented and his accomplishments were equally unparalleled. Ramesses the Great was an extraordinary builder. We can barely find the words to describe how great his undertakings were. However, Ramesses, though, was a brutal taskmaster who had a habit of leaving his name scrawled on the walls of monuments and buildings that other pharaohs had erected. His ego was perhaps only matched by the rough treatment that he gave the Hebrew people. The Israelites were not paid workers, but state-owned slaves. Life in the field was very harsh. The main activity, we are told, of the Israelites appears to be making bricks. The bricks were used for construction. It was used by Ramesses to construct his palaces, his monuments, his pyramids. And on later scrolls, history would tell us that it would seem that the quota per person for each person to make bricks each day was about 3,000 bricks per person. Now, if you remember the story in the Bible, and if you're not aware that at first Pharaoh provided them with the straw to make the bricks, and then when they decided, when God sent Moses to deliver them and said, we wanted to leave to go worship, they said, oh no, they have to find their own straw and still meet the quota. That's heavy labor. But if you notice how God, when he chooses adversaries, he really doesn't pick weak adversaries, actually. If ever there was a powerful king, it was Ramesses. It's amazing, though, how God chose to deliver his people through the leadership of a very of a child that was under the burden of this, of a Pharaoh. It is amazing how God always takes the things that are meant for evil in this life and turn them into miracles for his glory. That's what God is able to do. That's why the Bible says, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. My friend, I got to tell you, unfortunately, I know a lot of people quote that verse who it doesn't apply to. It may sound comforting to quote the verse to those who are going through difficulties, but the Bible is very clear. It only works together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't work together for good for everybody. So let's make that clear. Let's, let's, let's get our theology correct. I know it may be comforting to say those scriptures to somebody in deep trouble, but if they're not if they don't love God, if they're not one of the called for his purpose, and that verse doesn't really mean anything, which is reason why you need God in your life. Because then, my friend, all things will work together for good, including COVID-19. All things will work together for good. God doesn't exclude anything. Now, I don't understand. I, yes, I understand what you're saying. You're saying, but pastor, I don't see how this could work. Neither do I. But guess what? We're not God. 
And only God has the power and the ability to do what we're talking about. And that's why he is God. He and he alone can take what seems to be a bad thing and turn it into something that is a blessing. And I know that many of us sometimes in our lives, when we look back at certain things in our lives, we recall that we were going through a very difficult time, a very difficult situation, and we realize afterwards, afterwards, not while we're going through it, while we're going through it is heavy, while we're going through it is burdensome, while we're going through it we want to get out of it quickly as possible, but afterwards we learn, wow, what a good thing that that happened. You know, you get stuck in the traffic and you're wondering, as somebody related the other day, that they got stuck in traffic and they, they were heading a certain direction. And that evening they read on the news, they saw the news and they realized that there was a shootout in the streets in the very place where they were going to go. But what? When they were in the traffic and the traffic and they were caught in the traffic they were complaining and whining and moaning about why am I in this traffic and what is this traffic and can't go to work and guess what when they look back they thank God that they were in the traffic because he spared them from being at the place where the shootout was and that's what life is like and that's why you need that's why we need to be led by God. That's why we need our lives to be in the hands of God. Because he knows everything. He's omniscient. He sees things that you and I cannot see. Now the heroes in the story that I want to talk about this morning, they're not powerful and mighty men of war. That's not who the hero is. They're not the architects who designed the pyramids. The heroes in the story are the midwives that disobey the powerful king and a mother. Who in spite of the very real possibility of her own death and the death of her son was faithful to God. Can you even imagine what it must have been like for all the mothers there then? And for the midwives, Zephra and Pua, to have received an order by the king to kill every newborn baby boy. It was as though they were living, it was not as they were not living in a democracy, my friend. They were not living in a place where they could appeal to uh, the courts or some justice. Pharaoh was the Supreme Court. And what he said goes. And the scripture tells us that he brought the two Hebrew midwives before him and told them that they were to kill those precious little baby boys. The moments after their mothers had gone through hard labor to, put, to give birth and then the, the joy of seeing their child, they were to kill them. That was cruel. That's evil. But Zephra and Pua, when they left Pharaoh's presence, I can imagine they may have been shaken with fear. Because they had made up their mind that they were going to disobey him. It would, could mean death for them. Could mean that they would be killed. But rather than obeying the evil desires of a worldly king, a wicked king, they choose to follow the ways of God faithfully. 
My friend, it is during those difficult times when we face difficult decisions, when we must put the well-being of others before ourselves, that the true test of faithfulness comes. You know, in this biblical faithfulness that we see here, the reality is that always in biblical faithfulness there's a sacrifice. Genuine faithfulness always brings with it sacrifice. Sacrifice of self-interest and a surrender to God. Perhaps the midwives, on the very next day after leaving Pharaoh, when he told them to kill the children, he told them actually to throw them, kill them and throw them in the river. Isn't that interesting? On the very next day probably was when Moses was possible delivered. And as they look at that child, they say, no, I can't kill this child. For I fear God more than I fear Pharaoh. So we ought to fear God more than we fear the government. Can I tell you that? We ought to fear God more than we fear the government. We ought to fear God more than we fear anyone else. That's what they did. These midwives feared God. And because of their faithfulness to God, the Bible says God dealt with them well. And the Bible said that God gave them families of their own. In other words, their families were protected and covered by God. He sent angels to watch over their families that they were not thrown in the river or killed in any way. But their families prospered. That's our God. He is awesome. Can you praise him this morning with me because of who he is? Hallelujah. That's our awesome God. But the person of interest this morning in the story is the mother. In Exodus chapter 2, we read of Moses' mother and so many people don't even know her name. Because her name doesn't show up here. Her name actually shows up later on in Exodus chapter 6. Her name was Jochebed. Jochebed. That's her name. She married a man by the name of Amram. You know, many mothers have, we've never heard of many mothers who have been great mothers. Mothers of utmost importance have been nameless. We're not told here how long his mother lived, but we're told that his father lived a very long life. He died at the age of 137. Now this morning, you and I could list a number of characteristics. If I ask you the question, what are some of the characteristics of a great mom? I know that many of you could list me a number of characteristics, but I want to focus on Moses' mother because Moses became... Uh, the man that God talked to face to face. Moses became a great man of God. In fact, the Bible says Moses was the meekest man upon the face of the earth. This mother had, in the foundation years, raised up a godly child. And had given him a solid foundation. And I want to talk about her characteristics this morning that we see in the word. The characteristics that I would say would be of a great mother. The first thing I notice about a, 
One of the first characteristics I find about a great mother is she's brave and godly. She is brave and godly. Do you know the great personal risk that Jochebed took upon herself and the risk of the death of her child when she decided? Because we are told in the word of God that when the baby was born, she looked at the baby and in the King James Version she said, this is a goodly child. And the word that is used in the Hebrew for goodly is that word tub, which is the same word that God uses when he says, and the Bible says, and God saw that all that he made was good. And so when she looked at this child, somehow something was different about this child. I believe it's because of God, because when God's, you see, God's purposes and God's plans must prevail. And so when she's looking, she's not thinking, she doesn't know why, but she looks at the child and she says, this is a beautiful child, this is a goodly baby. And she's trying to figure out, what am I going to do? She has to make a very difficult decision. She decides that Live or die, I am going to keep this child. And she hid the child for three months. But the child has gotten now too big to be hidden anymore. And now she has to make a big decision. Now she has to make a major decision, which so many times mothers have to make. They have choices and they have to make major decisions. And it's not easy when you're looking at the well-being of your child and you want to make the right decision for that child. And I want, to take, I want to tell you, I want you to understand how difficult decisions mothers face at times. I want to give you the story of a mother who had a very difficult decision to make. Very few people face this choice that a mother by the name of Elizabeth had to make. This is a real story. She and her husband, Max, discovered that they were expecting a baby in the summer of 2013. But just a month later, after she discovered that she was pregnant, Elizabeth was told that the cancer she had fought so hard for three years earlier had returned. She was faced with a life and death decision. Abort the baby and immediately begin cancer treatment. Begin with the treatment while pregnant or delay the urgent medical care in order to protect the baby. Those are major decisions. Life-threatening decisions. Elizabeth had been first diagnosed with cancer in 2010 and underwent surgery and chemotherapy before being declared cancer-free. She and Max desperately wanted to have a baby, but doctors told them there would be very little chance of her conceiving. But they proved the doctors wrong, and Elizabeth became pregnant. Mom, cancer, baby girl, Max said having a child was one of the most important things in the world to Elizabeth. She knew this baby might be her only chance to have one. So she faced with a terrible choice. She decided to delay her treatment and protect her unborn baby girl. Doctors were unable, well, doctors were able to remove a cancer mass during her pregnancy. But because she could not undergo a full 
body MRI, they could not determine where else the cancer might have spread. Elizabeth had a cesarean section in January. And even when the baby Lily was due in March, she had the baby in January because she had to take the baby early so that she could begin treatment as soon as possible. But by that time, the cancer had spread throughout her body. It was too late. A family relative wrote, with Lily now delivered and healthy, Liz and Max and their friends and families did their best to live a surreal duality, enjoy and celebrate Lily's arrival into the world while comforting, while confronting the reality that Liz was now incredibly sick. For the next six weeks, she fought with so much to live for. She fought harder than her doctors had ever seen someone fight, overcoming the odds to spend just one more day with Lily and Max, and then another, and then another. But the struggle could only last so long. Liz had given it all she could but could not fight anymore. And the morning of March 9th, with her loving husband by her side, Liz passed away. Elizabeth was just one week shy of her 37th birthday. Mothers make difficult choices, hard decisions. And here is a mother put in the well-being of her child, knowing that she was going to die, but so that her child could live. As mothers, brave. And then the next thing I see about the mother, that is Moses' mother, is that her faithfulness and her steadfastness. You know, in the midst of this Decree from Pharaoh. She, like the midwives who delivered Moses, remained faithful and steadfast even in the face of possible death. She was determined to keep Moses alive. Were it not for the faithfulness of mothers and grandmothers and other women in our lives, where would we be today? We want to thank God for faithful mothers who were steadfast and was there for us when we got sick when we were possible could have died but they stayed up through the night with us nursing us back to health praying calling on God faithful steadfast as mothers that's Moses' mother right here, in danger. Her possible, she could die or the child could die, but she was not giving up. You know, faithfulness always involves sacrifice. Moses' mother had to endure the pain of watching another woman, Pharaoh's daughter, raise her son. But no doubt she took great joy in the gift of watching him grow nonetheless. Just like Hannah, who had to give up her son Samuel to the temple. She would see him only once a year. 
Once a year, she would go to see her little boy. And every year, I can't imagine how excited Hannah must be to, she's working through the year, making that garment, preparing that garment that she's going to take for him, a brand new garment, and he's growing taller. And each year that she sees him, how, how much taller he's gotten, how, how wonderful and how glad he must be to see his mother. Oh, happy to see mom is coming. And when he anticipates, she's coming today. And she's excited to see her boy. But she had given him up to the Lord because she couldn't have conceived before. And she promised God if he gave her just a child, a boy child, if he just gave her a boy child, she would give him back to God for the rest of his life. And that's what she did. She gave him back. She gave him up. You know, what we learn is that children are alone to us from God. You know, we don't really own them. They're, they're alone to us from God. And the time that they are with us, mothers understand that. To work with them, to, to train them, to teach them, to pass on principles to them. It's always mom that you're hearing, you know, the little child is taking something from somebody and the little child takes it and you hear the mother say, say thank you. Mother is always teaching good manners. Mothers are always, and I remember one of my sons that they would cling to me. But as soon as he gets sick, I want, mom, I want my mother. He doesn't want me anymore. <laughs> I can't do what mom does. I can't treat him like mother does. I can't take care of him. He knew that. That the best person to take care of him when he's sick is his mother. And he would try to gravitate to her during that time and leave me alone. So we see the mother of Moses being very faithful, being steadfast. And then we see that a characteristic of a, God, of a good mother is that she's wise. She has the wisdom of God. It occurs to me that Jochebed was not only faithful, but a very wise woman. Proverbs 31, 26 says, speaking of the virtuous woman, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Moses was born with a sentence to die. And his mother, a slave in the brickyard, left her son. She created this basket. This idea came to her to put her son in a basket that she made with her hands. And she daubed the basket with asphalt and secured it and made sure that it, was a, it would not leak. Because she was planning to put it on the water among the bushes and as she prepared that I I want you to think about that last night when she spent with her baby as she prepares in the morning that she was going to put him in this basket and she was going to put him by the riverbank and she was going to have to go back to the slave yard to make bricks 
Do you know what pain that must have been for her? But she was wise and she said, she took her daughter, Miriam, and she says, Miriam, I want you to hide in the bushes and I want you to watch out for your brother. Look what's happened to him. But I think also more than anything else, she was strong in faith. She was strong in faith. I mean, she believed. She believed in the face of all the odds. She believed that something good was going to happen to her child. And she sent Miriam there to watch. And I can imagine when Miriam looked through the bushes and she saw that Pharaoh's daughter had arrived, her heart must have skipped a beat because Pharaoh's, Pharaoh is the one who had ordered that the children should be cast into the river. And, and, and of course, if I was in Miriam's place, I would believe that Pharaoh's daughter would be in line with what her dad said. But God, oh, hallelujah, is not always the case, but God. And so while they were there and she had come down just at that time to bathe, and all of a sudden, I believe an angel pinched that little baby. He started to cry. And, and, and the Spirit of God directed Pharaoh's daughter to that bushes and she looked and she saw that little ark and she sent one of her maidens to fetch it and when she opened it she looked inside and there was a baby crying looking up at her with tears in the eyes and she had to make a decision but I believe that Pharaoh's daughter somehow she had a mother's heart she had a mother's heart because she too, and I think by the grace of God, she too decided to defy the orders of her own father. And more than ever before, and right at that time, little Miriam ran out. I don't know whether the mother told her to do this. I don't know whether the mother gave her a speech beforehand. Maybe the mother prepped her what to say if that happened. I don't know. But so somehow she ran out to the, to the Pharaoh's daughter and said, Can I go fetch one of the Hebrew women to take care of the baby for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Yes. And look at the irony. Look at how God works things. Fair, here comes Jacobed. She cuddles the baby. And I can imagine as she walks back home with the baby, she's giving God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you for the opportunity for me to take care of my child. And not only that, she's being paid to take care of her own child. Come on, let's give God praise. He's a, what an awesome God. Only the God that we serve, only Jehovah God could do that. He's a mighty, awesome God. And here is this child growing up. 
in the palace. Learning the ways of how the palace operates. And learning the ways of his people. My friend, isn't it like God, the God that we serve, the faith of Jacobed, a faith in God that he will make a way. I want you to know this morning that God will make a way for you. There's a song that we sing here that we like to sing. It says, he made a way. I'm going to ask the worship team to help me with this song. We're going to sing it once through that song a couple of times. Just a once a couple of times, just that song. So you get the gist of that right now, mother, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your circumstance. I don't know what your situation. But if you put faith in God. The same God who made a way for Jochebed can make a way for you. Standing here, not knowing how we'll get through this test. Hallelujah. But holding on to faith you know best. Nothing can catch you by surprise. You've got this figured out, and you're watching us now. But when it looks as if we can't win, Hallelujah. Oh, you wrap us in your arms and step in. And everything we need you supply You've got this in control And now we know that you You made a way Hallelujah, yes, yes Lord When we're back was against the wall oh, yes. And it looked as if it was over Lord, you, you've made a way and we're standing here only because you made, you made a, you made a way. Hallelujah. When our backs were against the wall and it looked as if it was over, Lord, you, you made a way. Oh, and we're standing here. Only because you've made a way. You move mountains. Oh, and you move mountains. You cause walls to fall with your power. Yeah, perform miracles. And there is nothing hey, that's impossible. Standing here only because you see you move, you move mountains. Yeah. Yes, Lord. You cause walls with your power, with your power. Perform miracles. There is nothing that's impossible. 
That's what he will do for you. The same God, mother, that helped Jacobet will help you and make a way for you. Put your faith in God Amen. like Jacobet did. Amen. The odds were against her. She took the risk. She took the chance with God. And it paid off. Her son was alive. She was alive. Her family was well. Her son became a great man of God. One of the greatest in the Bible. Who led God's people out of bondage. Led God's people, the very one that was supposed to die. The very one that the order was to kill. Came back because of God's purposes and plans. See, that's what he can do with your life. It may not have started in a certain way. But who knows how he wants to finish it for you. And maybe today you have not embraced God yet. You have never trusted God yet. But I want to encourage you. Mothers and others, put your faith in God. That's where the answer is. That's who can take the bad situation and turn it around and make the good. That's who you, you can trust and depend on. You know, there is a Ian McLaren tells about visiting an old Scotch lady who was standing in her kitchen weeping. She wiped her tears with the corner of her apron and when the minister of the gospel asked her, what was the matter? She confessed, I'm so miserable and unhappy. And he says, why? She said, because I've done so little for Jesus. She said, when I was just a wee girl, I, 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 the Lord spoke to my heart and, and I did so, and I said, I, I wanted to do so much for him. I wanted to live for him. And the minister asked her, well, haven't you? She said, yes, I've lived for him, but I've done so little. And he says, what have you done? And she says, I've washed clothes and cooked three meals a day and taking care of the children, mopped the floor and mended clothes. That's all I've done all my life. And I wanted to do something for Jesus. And the preacher looked, sitting back in his armchair, looked at her and smiled. And he says, tell me, where are your boys? She says, oh, my boys, you know where Mark is. 
You ordained him yourself before he went to China. There he is preaching for the Lord. Why are you asking? The minister asked, where is Luke? Oh, Luke, he went from your own church. Didn't you send him out? I had a letter from him the other day. And then she became so happy and excited as she continued. A revival has broken out on the mission station where he is. And he said he's having a wonderful time in the service of the Lord. And the preacher went down to her third son and said, what about Matthew? Oh, he's with his brother in China. And isn't it fine that the two boys can be working together? I'm so happy about that. And little John, he came to see me the other night. He's my baby boy. He's only 19, but he's a great boy. And he said, Mother, I have been praying, and tonight in my room, the Lord spoke to my heart. And what do you suppose the Lord told me? He says, I have to go to my brother in Africa. But he says, don't, but don't cry, Mother, because the Lord told me I was to stay here and look after you until you go home to glory. Then I'll go to Africa. And the minister said to her, and you say your life has been wasted and mopping floors, mending clothes, washing dishes and doing trivial tasks. He said, I'd like to have your mansion when you're called home because it will be very near to the throne of God. Mothers, if you're mopping floors and mending clothes and washing dishes and doing all these other tasks, the story is not over yet with your children. The story is not finished writing. God is not finished writing the story. Maybe for some of you, they're on the field. Maybe for some of you, they have an interest. But for some of you that don't have an interest, I want to tell you, the story is not over yet. God is still able to work. He's still able to make a way. I want to close with one more story that illustrates what mothers are like. One day there was a town at the bottom of the mountains. But high in the hills, a forest dweller who took it upon himself to be the keeper of the springs. This man would traverse the hills and clear the trash and leaves from the pools along the spring. The water ran and leaped from pools and falls. It dropped joyously down and was joined by other streams until it became a mighty river. The water turned mill wheels, refreshed gardens, and fountains threw it into the air in sight like diamonds. Swans sailed on its smooth surface. Children laughed and played on the banks of the, in the sunshine. And one day the city council decided to cut their budget, so they built a reservoir above the town. The keeper of the spring was no longer needed, so he quit doing the job. He no longer visited the springs anymore. Something happened as time passed, though. The water had become, the water that had been pure and clean was now becoming green and foul. There was constant trouble in the town as the machinery became, began to clog from the trash that was in the water. Finally, an epidemic rage, it hit every home. No family was left out from the sickness. Finally, the city council decided it had made a mistake. So they went and found this hermit who lived in the home, 
in a homemade hut in the mountains, and they asked him to return to the job of the keeper of the springs. They broke the dam above the town, and soon the water, which had returned to normal, to pure, clean water, no longer green and foul. Can I tell you, mothers are like this keeper of the spring. Without them, life would cease to be as we know it. Mothers, we love you today. God loves you, mothers. Jesus loves you. And if you're not saved, he wants to save you. If you don't know him, mother, as Lord, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've got to put your faith in him like Jochebed. What you have to do today is to remember that he and he alone can save you. If you will believe that he died on the cross for you, he died to pay for your sins and rose from the dead, and if you'll repent of your sins, if you'll ask forgiveness and trust in the Lord as your Savior, He will come in and He'll be your Savior and Lord. He'll be to you like He was to Jochebed, a faithful, awesome God who watches over. What an awesome story with how a mother who's willing to put her trust in God. And he did not let her down. If you've never received Christ, I want to encourage you this morning to receive Christ, whether you're a mother or not. My friend, you need to put your faith in God. You need to put your trust in God. You need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You need He is the answer to your situation. He is the one can help you to handle the stress that you're going through, the turmoil that you're in, the disappointment that you're in, the discouragement, the frustration you feel. You don't have to go through this alone. Jesus wants to be there with you. He says, cast all your burdens and your cares on me, for he cares for you. My friend, he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. You'll always have him if you'll be able to do that. I want to encourage you today to receive Christ as your Savior. If you're a backslider, I want you to make that decision to return to God and to renew your and reconcile your relationship with him. For some of you, it would be the greatest mothers they gift you could give your mother is to be reconciled to God today. What a wonderful thing to be able to say, Mom, I made a decision to get right with God today. That would be a happy, blessed Mother's Day gift for so many mothers. I want to encourage you today. My friend, there's nothing better. There's no greater decision you have to make than the decision to take care of your soul. If you made that decision, we want to help you. We want to send some material to you to help you. And you can call the church office and leave that message at 954-438-5604. That's 954-438-5604.
Before we go, we want to close with a couple of announcements. Very quick to remind you again that this Tuesday morning we have prayer. You can join the prayer line. And then, of course, on Tuesday evening at 7.15, we have our Bible study, Facebook Live. You want to tune in on that, be a part of that. We've been looking at the end time. We've been looking at prophecy. We've been answering questions. Last week, we answered the question, what happens after your rapture? When you get to heaven, what's there? We looked at that. I want to look at the other question we talked about is, what's going on on earth? And so we want to pick up on some of those stories you want to join us and have your friend join us and be a part of that. And then on Wednesdays is the Awana. Children, Awana. Have you have children? Let them check in. On Wednesday, there's a Zoom. Awana is on Zoom. If you don't have the connection, you can call the church office and they'll get you the connection. It doesn't change. It's the same one each week from now on. And then the youth are on also on, on Thursdays at 7 and 7.45. They start at 7 with the middle school and the high schoolers at 7.45. And then on Friday, 8 o'clock every time, we're in prayer. We're believing God. We're praying. And you can join us with that same number all the time. It doesn't change. So join us with prayer. But Saturday is the webinar. And my friend, you need the help. And your friends may need the help of these experts. Coping with COVID-19 mentally and spiritually. Mentally, sorry, and mentally and financially. You don't want to miss out. 6 p.m. on Saturday, Facebook Live. Those are the announcements. I want to remind you that we want to thank those of you that continue to tithe and send your offering by going to the website, lwobc.org, and clicking on the giving right there. We thank you for that. So continue to do that, and we appreciate that. If you'd like to send a donation or a contribution, just go to our website. Same website, maybe just go to our website, lwobc.org, and click on giving, and you can make a contribution. We'd appreciate that. I want to pray for you, and always, we also always, in every service, we want to thank God for our frontline workers. So let's give them a big hand. Always want to give a big shout-out and a big hand to our frontline workers. We appreciate them. They're doing a great job. And if you're a frontline worker as a mom today, may God bless you especially. May he strengthen and protect you and keep you. And as we close in prayer, we want to remember every home and every household that's watching us right now and those that will watch us. Maybe some will watch us on YouTube afterwards or you will go back on Facebook Live and pick up and watch it if you miss it. Or if your friend missed it, you can tell them. That's a way to honor moms today. So let's look to the Lord in prayer as we just pray a special prayer on moms as we close and on you where you are. Our Father and our God, we thank you today for this day that we celebrate and set apart as Mother's Day. Thank you for moms everywhere. Thank you for the work that they do, for their labor, for their commitment, for their dedication, for their unselfishness. Thank you for the example that they set. And thank you especially for godly mothers and grandmothers who have poured into our lives, who have taught us, encouraged us, 
nurtured us. And we are where we are today because of them. We ask your special blessing upon them this day, God. Whether they're a biological mother or their mother to somebody. However they are and whatever form their motherhood takes. I ask your blessing on them today. I ask you to remember them in their homes and wherever they are right now. May this be a peaceful day. A blessed day. Where they're honored and appreciated. Lord, we pray for those that are afflicted with the coronavirus. We ask that you'd be with them, especially mothers. May you stand with them. May they experience your healing power. Those who have lost loved ones, have lost mothers who grieve, may you comfort and strengthen them today. May you stand with them, God. May they know and may those good memories be a comfort to them today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace as together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And all the days of my life, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever and ever. Amen. I want to tell you one more thing. And that's this evening we've made it possible for you to give a greeting to your mother on Zoom. So you can, if you got our app, we made, us, we made it possible between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. this evening. You can go on Zoom and shout out a greeting of Happy Mother's Day to your mother. So uh, click in. You should have gotten that on our app. If you have our app, you've gotten the link. And you can just put that in. Zoom US, zoom.us and put in the ID and the, and the password that we sent you. And you'll be on one between 1 and 3 p.m. You get a chance to go on camera and say hello to mom. So if mom is away somewhere... If mom is, I need mom, if mom is there, hey, come on and let everybody know you're celebrating your mom. And give God, say a word of what do you think, what, how you appreciate mom. So do that this evening between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. We will send the Zoom link again. We sent it out yesterday, but we'll send it again before 1. Look out for the link. It's coming, and you'll be able to join and say that to mom. God bless you. We love you. Have a blessed Mother's Day.